time to go beyond the locker room talk and listen in with me, GB, producer Jay, former patients and current friends of our own Cornell-trained, world-renowned urologist and surgeon, Dr. Michael Hyman. Let's talk about the issues on men's minds where no topic's out of bounds on another sit-down with two men and a doc. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. JT. Good to be here, GB. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Doc. Another week, another episode. Another couple of weeks. We haven't seen each oh, other in a little a while. Weeks? Yeah. Okay. Did sorry, sorry, listeners. We had a little bit of a break there, but uh, right. you know, just absence makes the the heart grow fonder, isn't that what they say? No doubt. No doubt. Well, good to see you guys. You too. You too. Speaking of um, our listeners, we have a first here this morning. We have okay. listener mail. Oh, listener mail. We have email? listener mail. Email? It's we actually have a listener email as well. I'm it looks get to that. like listener no, no, package. This is, this this is, is a, a package. This, this is, is a package. Pa- no, wow. It's the holiday season and our listeners the return address literally says fan club president. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. I'm excited. So I've I've I haven't opened Fire it. Up, I, guys. I, I, wait a minute. Is somebody making money off of this show? Is there a subscription <laughs> so to the I'm, I'm going to open this Fire is a up. surprise to me as well. I'm opening it up now. There's bubble wrap. Oh my god. There's bubble wrap. There's bubble wrap. Look at that. There's a card. There's a card. Can I read the card? To to JGB and Dr. Hyman. Yes, I'll hand that over to you. I'm going to let Before I undo the rest of this, I'm going to wait. This is... The envelope is actually... It's not a white envelope. I don't know what you call this pattern. But there's this blue and yellow pattern. It's very nice. Beautiful. Beautiful card. Hold on. Hold on. Is there a check? No, no check. No check. We're not for profit. Dear producer JGB and Dr. Hyman... As one of your, mm. as one of your, oh geez, you need help with this. Number one fans, I hope you enjoy these one of a kind hats. Oh, although I may Spoiler not have alert. a penis or a prostate, I have enjoyed listening to Hopefully and learning from, from all a, of you. One of our female listeners. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy these in good health. Warmly, Jay's sister. Ah, oh, my sister Ellen. Uh, Oh, very nice. Thank you, Ellen. From the Pennsylvania Melissa's. Okay. Are right the, on. Are these uh, are these pink hats? So let's, let's open let's it see. up. Are they yarmulkes? <laughs> oh, wow. oh, wow. Those are cool, Holy man. Look smokes. at that. Look at that. Look at this. That is this is the real deal, fancy. man. This is not. This an is the real deal. Patch. These are these are black wow. baseball caps embroidered with the two men and a dog logo. We have we have a selection. Three different colors. That is really nice. Holy smoke, Arena. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, Look at that. Two different oh, colors. There's one in denim. There's one in black. black. Oh, I guess the doc gets a black one. All and right. then the two schlubs get, 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 get <laughs> the is, denim. Wow, I like it. Awesome. This we gotta, is great. We got to take some photos. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. This yeah. is, this this is, is really great. fantastic. I'll, po- I'll post it to I'm Twitter. I'm so fired up. This oh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah, thank this you, Ellen. This is the real deal. Yeah, this is really nice. This is really, this is the real deal. That's amazing. I'm so psyched about this. So, Ellen. It's my new number one cap. Ellen, um, I am a large in a shirt. <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that because there's one more thing in this bag. Oh, look at that. So there's there's a note here. That, Actually, it was smart because two well, of us are, are definitely uh, lacking uh, so there's, skin protection on I, the tops of our heads. I think what we, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what we have here is a, we have a shirt that is, that oh. is a, addressed to me, but she's provided nice. a DIY for the two of you. All right. Look at that. So let's take a look. Sweet. Wow. 
Oh, uh, okay. Tremendous. So hold on a second. Hold on. That. That's okay. amazing. So we've got to read this. So I've read this. The, that is an iron-on patch. Yeah, it looks great. And so there's additional iron-on patches wow. here. Wow, look at uh, this. With instructions not to put the shirt in the dryer. Okay. okay. Hand wash. Yeah. Dry clean only. <laughs> Dry clean only. <laughs> This is great, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up my shirt this yeah. week. I'm wearing it. Well, I am, too. Okay. I made love the shirt it. and decals with the help from a friend with a circuit. I think that's circuit or creek cut mach machine at school. Mm. Um, another friend had an embroidery machine. Wow. My sister, Ellen, is... Uh, is a gifted and talented teacher. She's she is gifted and talented, and she teaches to the gifted and talented. So, that's uh, that's amazing. Thank you, Ellen. That's really very thoughtful. amazing. Look at these iron-on patches. <clears throat> Those this, are nice this ones. Is, this too. is great. You know, I wonder if we can put these on a car window. And uh, and for the rest of you, um, I'm happy to provide our address to the Two Men in a Duck headquarters if that's you'd like right. to send us gifts. That's right. Um, we accept um, monetary as well as. <laughs> As well as baked That's goods. Right. Oh, this is great. <laughs> right. This That's is right. this is really thank you, Ellen. Thank this you. is really fantastic. Thank you, Ellen. Oh, we these, are yeah, these super fired. These iron-ons look great. I yeah. love the iron-ons. All right. Yeah. It's you know, great. I really have to hand it to people who put you know some great and thought effort. and time yeah. and effort into gifts because I, I I'm sort of the quintessential go-to gift card kind of guy for everybody and you know it's, it's so gotten, impersonal it's true it's gotten to the point where we can just get on amazon and take care of it, which is great and, yeah. and and thoughtful in its own way yeah um but someone on tv was talking about how they only do handmade gifts and i was like oh my god that's wow that's admirable it's that challenging is. i mean it used to be you do a mixtape or something you can't really do that anymore oh that's looking good gb he's yeah. sporting the hat the doc looks even yeah. better. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, you know, my mom does a lot of personal gifts. She knits things, so she'll knit hats and, you know, and booties. I and, use a hat. And, and, and um, you know, <laughs> li little, little, you know, Afghan blankets for babies and stuff. It's nice. It, it is very nice. Very cool. Cool, so, man. All right. You know. Well, from that, thank you again. I'm going to go on to our listener email now. Um, this is a topic. I read this. I didn't tell you about this doc ahead of time, but I think you'll... Be able to feel this easily. Where, where, where is the listener email from? What part of the country? Um, he doesn't say, actually. Although, I think I know this person, and they're from California. Okay. Let me read it. Northern or Southern? Dude, you want his phone number, zip code? What else do you need? Well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying <laughs> I to... I don't think it's going to affect the answer. Uh, okay, well, I'm just trying to understand the question. You know, the, the, the background of the question, because depending where different people are from, that could be the motivation for the question. I see. I guess that didn't really make sense, did it? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just read it for you. I'm just curious kind of person. It says, hi, guys. I'm a 64-year-old male and was just wondering about a slight increase in my need to urinate. You guys have talked about it on the show before, so I have a feeling that it's due to a normal enlarged prostate. I guess my question is, am I not draining the bladder completely? If so, does that mean I could have a problem with urine staying in my bladder for longer periods of time? For what it's worth, I'm very active and physically fit. Thanks. So... We have sort of brushed on this, Doc, when we've talked about the prostate before, but when I read this, I did think it was an interesting question because if there's one thing that maybe starts to percolate, if for lack of a better word, for people as they get older, men, um, it's that getting up in the night thing. It's maybe noticing a few more trips to the bathroom during the day. And I just thought this was uh, a good question and worth looking, just talking about um, to start the show. Everything from medication to you know when when you need to really deal with it more formally if at all 
You know, when it comes to the these kinds of conditions in, in our business, I mean, for the prostate, there's sort of two branches of the tree of consideration. One is whether or not there is actually physiologic consequence to what you're experiencing, which is where he's going with the incomplete bladder emptying. And the, you know, whether there's a significant amount of urine retained in the bladder, um, and how much of that is going to, you know, at what point do you have to be concerned about that? And then the other branch of the tree is sort of the, so that's an objective side. That's something that really only a doctor can assess. And then there's the subjective side, which is, you know, how severe are your symptoms? We actually have validated questionnaires or symptom scores where you can fill out this sort of questionnaire and then you score it up and you determine how clinically significant your symptoms are. And Mm -hmm. the score looks at how many times you get up at night, how weak is your stream, how much do you feel like you don't empty your bladder, how urgent do you have to go when you have to go to the bathroom? Do you have to like run or can you kind of hold it? Um, and, and they kind of try to <clears throat> quantify this in, in a symptom score. And if you're like over a certain number, it's considered really clinically significant and something should be done. Do you send um, that to people before they even come in? You know, I'll be honest with you. A lot of urologists do that. Um, I don't. And I don't because... I'm sure there's value in talking to them. I, yeah, I guess I worry that... Um, and, and I've seen this happen where so many urologists like rely on that questionnaire that they just kind of look at the questionnaire score and they quickly make decisions and then they kind of get the person out of there. And I find that it, it does tend to kind of weaken the doctor-patient relationship. So I don't love to use the score. The score is very useful in research when they're looking at drugs or other things and the outcome. So they get a baseline score and then they see the outcome with a new score down the road. Um, and, and, and to be fair, a lot of doctors very appropriately use that score to assess you know, how a treatment is working for their patients. And so I think it's kind of one of those uh, decisions that is, is, um, is just up to the, it's, it's, what's the word like user it's, it's up to you, you know, as a doc, it's, it's clinical, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the word, but it's, it's just whatever you think is right. So, um, anyway, so, so, so in other words, it just boils down to, um, how annoying these things are for the person the and, 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 right. and, and, and how they want to take care of it. Right. Well, actually, there's so much subjectiveness yeah. in all of our, you Absolutely. know, I was just talking before we started about a little pain in my hip and yeah. it's like, it's very subjective for me. Right. I waited two weeks before I called my doctor. Right, right. No, I, I agree. And you don't want to be kind of too trigger happy about rushing to your yeah. doctor for so, every little so, but, thing. But let me ask you a question because I remember seeing uh, Unless episode, you're GB. <laughs> I remember seeing an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. When um, Larry David um, was having some urological issue, and I think he ended up taking a medication, probably called Flomax or something, and that really helped with his stream and the draining of, of the bladder. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that, because that sounds like if, if this listener is having trouble draining the bladder, maybe a medication like that could potentially help. Is that well, where you get most of your medical information? <laughs> yeah, curb your enthusiasm. WebMD and curb your enthusiasm. That's it, that's it. <laughs> Um, it was no. actually a very funny episode because there was all sorts of backsplash. Yeah, yeah. If, okay. Do you guys remember that episode? No. And Vaguely. We'll, no, we'll look into it. I'm not a religious with, watcher. With, with the picture of the Jesus and the tear in the eye. I didn't watch uh, it. It was absolutely hysterical. Um, anyways, getting back to the, to, the, to the email that we got. It, you know, I think that if you're just getting up like once a night, 
Um, it's really, that's in my mind, not clinically significant. Mm -hmm. If, if that's really the only symptom you're experiencing, but if it's more like, yeah, I'm getting up once a night, but I'm also finding that I can't really hold the urine when I have to go. I got to literally run to the bathroom because it's so urgent. Or when I go to the bathroom, sometimes I have to wait like, you know, 20 seconds before my stream starts. So it's like, I really have to go and then I get ready to go, but it's like, it doesn't come out. It's just like, I'm waiting. Um, and the reason why that, just so you understand that symptoms, if you have an enlarged prostate, um, you can think of it as, you know, your bladder is kind of generating, you know, gradually enough pressure to overcome the resistance from your prostate. So that can sometimes take like 15 or 20 seconds if there's a lot of resistance to that flow. But the bottom line is, um, again, you know, a one time a night getting up and, and, you know, without a whole bunch of other issues, I don't think is really significant where you have to run to your doctor. Um, but getting back to... Um, he also was wondering about basically stagnant urine. Is that an issue? Stagnant urine, right. He was I mean, wondering, is that happening to him? Right. And I, and I think the answer is maybe. Um, again, at what point do you actually seek that out? A small amount of residual urine in your bladder, which, you know, again, it's all on a spectrum, you know, and somebody who gets up once a night, but isn't really having any other symptoms, it's very unlikely that they're retaining significant amounts of urine, but it's a judgment call, you know, um, and, and to be sure, like if, if it were a patient of mine, because I have all the equipment right there and they came in and started to say this and said, I'm a little concerned. Am I retaining urine? I'd be like, no problem. Just hop on the table right after you pee. I've got a little bladder scanner and I can just see how much urine's in your bladder and we can answer that question. But of course, if you don't have a regular urologist, now you have to ask yourself, is it worth mm -hmm. talking to your doctor, getting the referral, you know, going through all of that? And I would say for a one-time-a-night urinator, the answer is probably no. But again, if he's getting up two or three times a night or he's starting to see the weak stream or these other symptoms, then maybe it is time to kind of well, get a baseline. So well, it's really about a, how disruptive it is yeah. to your yeah. life. Right? Because well, again, you get a little ache in, your, in the side of your hip right. or something. Are you going to rush to the orthopedic surgeon? Right. Or are you going to first like try some very well, basic, um, yeah, you know, medical. minimal well, things like ibuprofen or something? Right. And just C see considering it's December... I would advise rushing to the doctor before this year's insurance runs out <laughs> and uh, your deductible reset. It so all it comes back to the deductible. It all comes back to the deductible. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I think that um, you know all of these. Well, of course, the problem with that GB is that most doctors don't have availability in December because yeah. their schedules are so packed because of people rushing to get procedures done or, or appointments done at the end of the year, hmm. that when you call a doc, especially as a new patient right now, chances are they're gonna say, okay, we don't have anything until yeah. like the end of January. So does December tend to be a pretty good billing period for you then with, with busyness or, or because you also, well, you know, have vacation to plan. Right. It's plus minus because yeah. people are, are, a lot of people are out of town yeah. this month. So we get a lot of no shows. We get a lot of people who can't make their appointments. No shows. I hope you charge them. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we don't. Whenever I go to a doctor's office this depends. time of year, it's filled with cookies. 
Oh yeah, they and, get a lot of cookies, and they don't share. By the way, the nurses have it all in back. <laughs> oh yeah, I they see do. It. They do. I see it. They not not, to, I, not with me. They got a so, big stack of of with each cakes other. and cookies yes. and candies in the in the. In the Is that coming room. from the pharmaceutical folks, or where, where are we getting? It's this? coming from patients. It's coming from sometimes so other been, doctors. Mm, oh, I was yeah, in Doctor Hyman's office many many years ago for a procedure, and I happened to be in the back, and and this was his uh, his his old office. And uh, this is where sort of the lunchroom was. And there was all of this caramel popcorn and cheese oh, candy yeah, and cookies. Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so pretty funny. One, one last follow-up to this question, which is... That was the, back when I could eat sugar. <laughs> on the, I remember the apple pie from Thanksgiving. I think you, you had a slice. Um, <laughs> the, uh, for, for women, obviously it's not a prostate issue, but women seem to have to urinate all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it's mm-hmm. it, maybe it's a stereotype maybe it's true but it's like so but that's totally different right is that just size of the bladder is there anything that a woman would notice in increase in that that they should be typically for women it's it's what we call the overactive bladder it's not so much that they're not able to empty although that occasionally is the issue but the majority it's because they're having these involuntary contractions that make that their bladders having these involuntary contractions and it's making them want to pee a lot more often than they really need to. So their bladder only ha- fills up halfway. So question, question and then on they that. They feel like they have to pee. So if they Does waited it, make, it out, they 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 could. They re- if they could wait it out, but a lot of times that contraction is so strong they can't wait it out. It's like they're going to have an accident if they try to wait it Does out. Does it make a the difference? Pressure builds up. Does it make a difference in a woman who has had children versus a woman who it has does. not had children? It does. When you've had children, chances are you're more predisposed to these kinds of conditions because the nerves and and other kind of structures in the pelvis get sort of displaced and and stretched and and altered um, from having the pregnancy um so yes that does make a difference so are there procedures that um a woman can go through to maybe lift up the bladder or tighten it up well again sort of that that mesh thing right so you're talking and that brings up a whole other sort of gigantic topic which is you know these you know these kinds of bladder disorders in women some have to do with you know the physically the whole you know uh all the organs in the pelvis are literally starting to drop down literally through the vagina, through the canal, because the muscles that normally hold all those things up have gotten so weakened. Some, and a lot of times there's like genetic predisposition to this. There's also predisposition based on how many kids you've had, if you've had like four or five children, and they've all been vaginal deliveries as opposed to like a C-section. Um, those vaginal deliveries over and over is gonna really weaken the pelvic floor and so structures like the bladder and even the uterus and even the rectum can all kind of what we call prolapse or kind of evaginate um, are there, through the vagina. Are and there they, exercises? And, they can literally, and women literally can get like a bulge. They'll literally reach down and they'll feel this kind of ball between their legs. It's pretty uh, frightening for them. And that's because they've had a prolapse. Something's, something is dropping through. There, mm. Unfortunately, there really isn't exercises for it. There's something called Kegels, but... Honestly, kegels or kegels? Eh, good question. I think they're synonymously uh, described okay. as kegels and kegels. Um, Not to be confused with kugel. <laughs> Please. Exactly. Now, now I'm getting hungry. No, um, in any event, the, they're not really going to be able to stop the prolapse with, with that um, type of uh, maneuver with the exercise. Doing, you know, It's basically trying to hold your urine in, that muscle that you kind of contract, that sphincter muscle, and it doesn't tend to, you know, 
treat this or prevent it. It has some roles. Uh, there are roles for kegels, but this is not one of them. And the way to fix that problem is only really surgical. Um, and there's many different techniques and using some type of a mesh fabric was uh, common, but now has become essentially outlawed because the FDA found there were too many complications with that. Mm. Um, so now there are other techniques. There's also something called um, a, um, oh my God, I'm spacing out today. What's the name of the, uh, there's a device you can put in, a pessary. There's a pessary, which is like a, it's like this device that a woman can push inside her vagina and will hold everything up. But obviously, it's kind of a bummer because then the woman has to walk around all the time. This, this is just all a- the twenty four seven. She'll have a pessary in there. It's like a it's it's think of it as a diaphragm, but it's way bigger. It's it's a big plastic device. It looks like a donut, and, and it, it can. It, it, there's many different shapes. That must be extreme case. And it's well, it's it's. I mean, is this for yeah. life or or after childbirth for a while it's for life um but it would be if somebody wasn't a candidate for surgery or just refused to have surgery so let's say and, and let's say it's an elderly person let's say it's somebody who's 75 or 80 hmm. and it's what i just described with this literally this ball coming out and it's dangerous to because that ball that's coming out is mucosa which is the same stuff that lines the inside of your mouth oh and the inside of the vagina and if that thing is pushed out it's not strong like your skin. It's not keratinized. So it's very prone to injury and it could you could have a serious problem if that if that mucosa layer, you know, eroded or opened up, then your bowels coming out or your bladders coming like something some real structure is now mm. exposed to the outside world and yeah, yeah. you'll die. So um so to push that back in, if you're like 85 or 90 years old and you've had strokes and heart attacks and you're not really a candidate for surgery, you might have to wear a pessary. Mm-hmm. It's not super common, but it's pretty common. Most Any gynecologist would say it's, it's an absolutely a, a, a very significant part of their practice is mm. fitting women with, pe- with pessaries. So they would do that more so than a urologist. Yeah, I mean, I have fit women with pessaries, but typically I'll send them to the gynecologist. I used to do a lot of prolapse repairs surgically, and I, you know, I, I haven't done them as much recently in the last couple of years. Um, partly because this whole mesh controversy came out. Mm. It was a big controversy yeah. um, because the mesh products were causing all kinds of complications and issues in some in some places. I actually never had a problem with them, but I think enough reports came out that people were having problems with them that the FDA stepped in and said, that's it, we're not going to have these on the market anymore. Was so. there lawsuits against the manufacturers yes. of those? Yes. Now, is that a situation yes. where the doctor can be embroiled in that? Yeah, as well? it can be. If the doctor, for example, um, for many years, there was what's called a black box warning. And it meant that like on the packaging of these products, it said like, there have been reports, it, it described what would go wrong with these mesh products. And if you didn't document that you had this conversation with your patient, hmm about this warning, they could go after you and say, you know, my doctor never mentioned that this mesh product could cause me a problem like this. Um, So yeah, some doctors got sued for it. Absolutely. So this uh, article uh, at uh, health.harvard.edu is indicating a couple things. One, it's called Kegel. Um, (laughs) Thank you, GB. (laughs) But the other thing is, uh, which I didn't know, um, Kegel exercises also work for men who are suffering from incontinence, according to this. Well, after, like, for example, a radical prostatectomy, 
um, where we remove your entire prostate gland for cancer so that we literally have to do, remember the urethra goes through the prostate. So if we remove your entire prostate, we're taking out a big chunk of your urethra, like a two, two inch segment. So if we have, if we do that, we're going to have to sew your bladder back to your urethra. We call that an anastomosis. We've talked about this before. Yeah. So when we read, when we do that connection, it really takes away, um, you, you actually get a lot of, um, incontinence, well, you can get a lot of incontinence initially um, because the musculature that sort of holds your urine has been, for lack of a better word, compromised. And so one way to try to re-strengthen that musculature is to do these Kegel exercises to mm. strengthen that pelvic floor again and help you regain your continence um, back from what you know from preoperatively what you had and most people do I mean I would say 98% of the time after that type of operation contrary to common belief that oh my god I'm gonna be using diapers for the rest of my life is not true the vast majority of people after that operation regain their continence. There's definitely a perception of erectile dysfunction and incontinence. That is true. The erectile dysfunction part is a, is a fact. And it's not a given, but it's, it's significantly, uh, you know, you're significantly predisposed after that operation. Oh, for a full prostatectomy. Yeah, radical. Radical. Call it radical. Yeah. We mm -hmm. use the word radical when we're talking about typically when we're referring to a cancer diagnosis such that we remove all the structures associated with that organ. Mm -hmm. So a radical nephrectomy would be a kidney removal, but all the tissue surrounding the t kidney as well as the kidney itself. Um, again, because it's cancer and you're trying to get out as much as you possibly can so that you've prevented yourself from leaving any cells behind versus a simple prostatectomy or a simple nephrectomy and then they, they have these terms for other organs like radical mastectomy or simple mastectomy. And these terms refer to, you know, taking out part of the or, or the bulk of the organ, the organ itself, but maybe not like the capsule that surrounds the organ or the fatty tissue that surrounds it. You know, this would be a simple one. So hmm. let, let me ask a question. Um, and I don't know if you'll have this answer, but if you go back in time and look at statistics, has there been an uptick in any of these types of cancers that could be associated with the environment that we live in beyond just normal genetics? I mean, I certainly ask myself that question, and I, I don't, I can't say I have a, a really clear answer for you. Um, because, you know, what's so complicated about that question is that um, there's like promoters and inhibitors of cancer, right? So yeah, I think our environment is loaded with promoters of our, our environment because of like what we, we live Plastics, around. Plastics. Yeah, all the stuff in our furniture and then yeah. our diet and all that. The flip side is, and, and those are big time promoters, no question about it. The flip side is, think about the fact that, you know, a generation ago, there wasn't nearly as much regulatory yeah, oversight. The there air, wasn't nearly, yeah. yeah, I mean, think about the air in the 1970s. Right. I had there were first stage smog alerts. Even I'd the, have to go into my classroom right. all the time. So yeah. we don't have a lot of that stuff. Now there's so much more oversight. So it's like those it where does the where does it all balance out? I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure. But I, I always wonder that question myself. And I always think to myself, like, I guess if we really you really wanted to play it safe, you would like 
move to some wilderness in some part of the world that's as isolated from cities and, and, and pollution as you possibly could get. And that would be the cleanest life you could lead. But of course, then you would miss out on all the kinds of you know medical care that you would get if you were in a city to prevent whether it's you know to treat high cholesterol or diabetes because what's your diet going to be like out there i don't know hmm. so you know you can kind of go crazy thinking about this stuff. live off the grid there you go well thank you for all of that it's uh Absolutely. for our listener and listeners i think we covered a bunch of things i i did want to um wrap up today's episode since we are getting close to christmas with and Hanukkah. And Hanukkah, of course. <laughs> How silly of me. Um, and, and when is Kwanzaa? <clears throat> I'm not sure. Um, but I have a couple a couple uh, gift ideas. Since, right. you know, just moving away from the uh, urological and, and, and health issues for a moment here, we, we got uh, people listening, maybe want a couple ideas. And, and Kwanzaa I've... starts Thursday, December 26th. There you go, just in time. So real quick, just a few, few ideas top of my head that I was thinking about. The first is... Um, a Google Hub, Google Nest Hub. Now there's two of them. For those of you looking, there's the Nest Hub and the Nest Hub Max. Wait, 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 hold on. No, I'm what, just let me go what, through what it. What is that? I'm going to tell you. What okay. well, I'm going to move on. Well, <laughs> Leave it at that. You speak as if I'm going to tell I you. and everybody else knows what no. a Google Nest Hub I'm is. I'm about to describe I'm it. I'm about to. I'm about to tell you. Are you getting compensated for I'm this not. plug? Google is not a sponsor as of now. Of two men in a dock, <laughs> nor is Whole Foods, who we give a big plug to in the last episode. Um, so this is a product that is, uh, it's a little little screen on your kitchen or wherever you want to put it, and it's uh, you can ask it questions, and it'll do all sorts of things. But um, it functions as a great little photo gallery of your, of your photos. That's at its most basic ambient stage. You can just have it with your photos, which we enjoy in our, in our house. Um, but you can also say... Good morning, Google. And then it will go through, like for me, it tells me what the traffic is to work for me in the morning. And I just put in my work address. Do you say um, good morning or do you say, hey, Google? Good um, morning, Google or hey, Google? I think I have to say, hey, Google, good morning, actually. Okay. Yes, thank you for asking. Okay. Um, and uh, it tells, it gives me the latest news that I've set it up, tell me you know, the NPR news and this and that. So that's kind of nice. And then you can also, in the last thing, and this goes into your New Year's resolution, potentially, if you've got... Uh, if your family never knows where everybody is, it's a great idea to have a Google family calendar in, in your Gmail. Just set up a calendar, share it with your with your family, and then you can put in, you know, what's going on and everyone will know. So you can say to the Google Hub, hey, Google, put on my calendar, um, you know, a meeting tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. And then right away, it's in everyone's calendar. It's really nice. Now, just real quick, the Max has a camera in it, the Nest camera. So you could do video calling. That's an extra. I think the hub is about 125. So this is not a stocking stuffer, but um, and then and then one with the camera. I think it's about another hundred bucks. So that's great for video calls. Um, and it also functions as a little security camera when you're not home. If you put it somewhere that you know makes sense, that's kind of nice. Um, but you don't. If you don't want the camera, then go for the cheaper one. And of course, you can say, Hey Google, how do I make a pecan pie? And it'll pull up every YouTube recipe for pecan pie, and Very it'll cool. it'll take you through it. Very cool. So. Think about that. Yeah, it's a it's a nice little device. Um, do you use that when you bake? I do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But you can say whatever you want. You can also watch YouTube TV on there. You can, you know. Anyway, just take a look. It's a nice little tech gift for uh, for the tech lover in your family. Will you bring a pie to next week's episode? I could be convinced. I made a chocolate bourbon pecan pie last night. Wow. Yes. I got to tell you, it didn't, is, there, is there anything left? It didn't really work out. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't set. I'm not sure why. I might have to it make. A, I, I might. I might need to make another one. Um, so two more quick things for the car. 
Um, these are things that you might not think about, but they're really great gifts because they're great to have, and no one buys it for themselves. One is Wait, a. Wait, can I? Can I remember? I've got to tell you, I'm always so impressed with Jay. He's like he's like a modern day Renaissance man. He knows well, so much about all this technology stuff. I just, I just stuff. waste a lot of time on the internet. And and he's like this tremendous go to research resource that. Um, I, I greatly appreciate because he's always able to answer all of my technology questions. You're just grateful I fixed your Wi-Fi printer. I think that's, all, <laughs> that's really all I did for you. Um, no, so the two things for the car, which GB, you can appreciate. One is a, um, it, and, and this has saved me, literally saved me on the side of the road, which is a air pump that hooks into your car lighter, you know, whatever that electrical outlet is right. in every car. Now, they do have portable ones, but I'm telling you, you don't get that because if you need to fill up a tire more than once or more than one tire, it's not going to, the battery's going to run out. Wait, what, what happens if you have an electric car, though, and then the battery runs out? Then, <laughs> and then right. what do you do? Right, I'm not sure. <laughs> so these are, you can get these on Amazon uh, or wherever, uh, any any auto parts store. It plugs into your to your lighter, and then you can pump up all your tires and I've had a slow leak, and I was able to get from San Diego home in with one one fill up, and then I could just take care of it at my leisure. Or in the morning, I pumped it up. It saved me the you know AAA and the spare tire and yeah. all that stuff. Now I've seen one with that doesn't plug into the lighter. It has like a lithium ion battery. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I I haven't done the research on that one, but I'm telling you, I actually <laughs> I made the mistake of using it once, um, and I didn't have the car engine on, and I drained the whole battery of the car. Oh, you're kidding yeah, me. Yeah, I had to jumpstart my car, which actually brings me to my next product. It's a great transition, which is the second product for your car. Again, something people aren't going to buy themselves, but it's a great thing to have, is a little, it's the size of like a VHS cassette, for those of you that remember what that looked like. And not a beta cassette, not VHS. A, maybe it's somewhere <laughs> in between, actually. Um, and it plugs in, you charge it like a portable charger that for your cell phone, but you can jumpstart your car. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. And it works. I've used it. It totally works. You're on the side of the road. You don't need another car. You're, you're in your driveway. You don't need to call somebody. Jump starts your car. But here's the great thing. In addition to that, it's a massive battery, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, when you're in the car and you want to just charge your phone, you've got people in the back seat that want to charge their phones, laptops. It has all these ports and it charges your devices. Both of these devices are going to save you that AAA call. And, and who knows, maybe you're traveling uh, this vacation and you don't want to be stuck. I got mine at Costco and uh, I just leave it in the car. I make sure it's charged. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and I used to I used to bring jumper cables, but um, a couple you of gotta things. you got to have that. But the jumper cables, they, they got so old, all the plastic started cracking around it, and then I you know, then it's always sparking right. and, always and all of pair. that. This yeah. is, is yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, you put that on your, your wish list yeah. this and year. And what, what's the what's the cost of this, do you know? I wanna say that was about fifty or sixty bucks for that one. Yeah. And and much less for that air pump. That's probably about twenty five. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, you know, double check me on that. But um anyway, just two ideas you might not have thought of that you know, I like those gifts that people don't necessarily want to buy themselves, but they're happy to get. Another good one is just one of those tool, those boxes that in tool a, kits. In a yeah. yeah, in a in a molded plastic, and yeah. it's got everything you need. Yeah, and it's just the kind of thing you stick in a garage, and it's there when you need it. So. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that's my tips for the week. Nice, I like it. I like the JT tips. JT tips, yeah. So Very JT cool. technology right. tips, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Yes, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Okay, guys. So that's our show. Thanks for listening. 
Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Two Men and a Doc is hosted by Dr. Michael Hyman, GB, and Jay Tannenbaum. Produced by Jay Tannenbaum. The views and opinions expressed here by Dr. Hyman are based on his medical training and experience, but if you or someone you know are experiencing any medical issues, you should, of course, consult your own physician. We welcome your questions about men's health or anything you've heard on this podcast. So write to us at mail at twomenandadoc.com. That's M-A-I-L at twomenandadoc.com. If you live in the Los Angeles area and want to see Dr. Hyman, you can find his contact info at drhymanla.com. That's D-R-H-Y-M-A-N-L-A.com. And these links are also in the show notes. That's it for this week. See you next time on Two Men and a Doc.